Welcome in to another edition of the Tap Your Cake Podcast episode. episode 523. Mitch on the other side of Zoom. Charlie here with you. Damian Lillard is a Milwaukee buck. We're going to talk about it all. Go through all the headlines from that. Talk about the outcomes, the pressure that is now on the Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis Antetokounmpo probably signing that extension and so much more. We're going to also get into the Milwaukee Brewers and the playoffs. We're going to talk about the Packers and Lions at the tail end of today's show. And, yeah, that'll be that'll be a program. It's going to be probably a long one, so buckle in, get strapped. Uh, Mitchie, what's up, dude? I'm sure you're feeling great. I don't even know. I don't know how to ask you how you're doing because I know you're probably feeling great. Yeah, it's been a, an interesting day, I would say. It wasn't, wasn't my favorite day of work. And – also, just uh, filed my first student loan payment in three and a half years. Okay. Um, as as those are getting underway again for people here. Uh, mine was due technically in a couple of weeks, but I figured, what the fuck, might as well. Yeah. Might as well do it. But it's all okay because the Bucks got a seven-time All Star and an All NBA in the past player. Um, and it's um. It's it's a it's a great day. I mean, it's probably probably the greatest trade in Wisconsin sports history. I don't know how spicy that is. Maybe we can I, go over that. But yeah, um, we can. Oscar Robinson would have a would have a uh, be a little bit of a beef with you. Okay, go, in the last hundred you know. years. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's up there with Sabathia. It's up there with with all of the great. You know, even how the Drew Holiday trade was still a big deal when it happened. I think the that night with Holiday and Bogdan Badanovich supposedly coming to the Bucks and that Snake Woj blew it all up. Mm-hmm. But like there, there it is. It's a momentous day. Um, I was of course in a meeting, and then I I usually put my phone or flip my phone down so I don't look at it while I'm in a meeting, especially on camera. And I see that Damian Lillard. Probably a good to, idea. Yeah, it's a little pro tip for the people who are, if you're working at home. And I see Damian Lillard as a member of the Milwaukee Bucks. And I'm like, first of all, I'm like, Jesus Christ, I'm now have to get it all on the socials. My afternoon's a little bit different. Um, and and then yeah, it's it's a huge deal. The Bucks were, you know, lurking and maybe they were the the mystery team. Uh, Mark Spears reported who's been pretty good on this story, um, that after Miami sort of had stalled, they sort of opened it to Dame and asked him where else would you want to go in the Eastern Conference. He said Brooklyn or Miami or Milwaukee, excuse me. Interesting that Toronto was not brought up there. And there you have it. And now Dame is a member of the Bucks. He is going to play with Giannis Antetokounmpo. The national media is having a funeral on TV. They can't believe this is happening. They are just, you know, beside themselves that mm-hmm. this is act. They're talking themselves into Grayson Allen being a vital asset for the Phoenix Suns. I think Allen will be fine, but it, it's just it, there's a level of cope that's going on right now that I don't know if we've we've ever witnessed and it's going to kind of continue until the, until the regular season starts I mean it is kind of similar in that it does remind you in a way of the day honest signed his last contract extension yeah, yeah absolutely. in a way because it's like you know at least temporarily uh, you know who knows what will happen in the future but it, just the initial reaction is yeah, it's a little different than from the national because it really was a funeral that day for the national media when Giannis yeah. did his extension because they lost anything they had to talk about and um, 
because that was like that was in 2020 i believe right yes. that was in december of 2020 right so i mean things were still weird and you know it wasn't like a normal sports schedule yet so you know i feel like the honest stuff had some extra extra juice back then and when he signed the contract extension it was you know there's there's memes and stuff we've all seen it and and in clips from sports center anchors being just crestfallen and and you know Stephen a and those types of people but this is similar where it's like now the bucks have or Giannis has you know a running mate i guess um of of his caliber you know mm-hmm. um maybe not you know top three player in the nba caliber but you know an all nba type guy you know kind of has a guy that fills his his uh compliments his weaknesses better than, mm-hmm. than probably anybody. And that certainly was available. And, you know, it's a, a little bit of a super team. And it, and it means that Giannis is, is, you know, at least you can't sit here and say today or tomorrow or a week from now that Giannis will still leave. I, I just don't think that that's no, that's, and he it's, never was going to, but right but now it's, just, it's just another nuts on the table move by John Horst. Yep. to show that and Peter Fagan and the Bucks organization and brass Jimmy Haslam opening up the checkbook being like yeah we don't care about contracts we don't care about luxury tax we'll 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 figure it out and true yeah. but i mean they also yeah well i guess you're talking down the road more I'm talking down right. the road more right and well i do want to touch on that cuz i have a li- i have a little sneaky tinfoil hat conspiracy but we're it's too early to talk tinfoil hat conspiracies um yeah. I, I think, yes, this is a clear indication that Andre Kumbo is staying uh, with the fact that Dame has three more years left. There is a opportunity for the door to get open. Um, I think it's I, three and a player option. I, I, I saw I actually saw it's kind of ironic, given the fact that uh, Giannis was just working with Hakeem Olajuwon. I saw the comparison of Clyde Drexler to Houston as sort of the what does this remind you of? And I, I really like that. Because you remember, Clyde Drexler was awesome player for the Trailblazers. He got to a final, two finals, actually. They lost to Detroit, and then they also lost to the Bulls. And that was an iconic finals where Michael Jordan basically dressed him down and kind of altered Drexler's career a little bit, the whole thing. Drexler goes to Houston in, in 1995 when the Rockets had already won a ring. And Drexler, second best player on that team, I think he might have won finals MVP. You, got, you got, guys would have to check that. But he wins a ring with Houston, gets his ring. And he ends up playing there for a call, I think, till '98. Like they tried to try a couple different attempts. Like they brought in Barkley, they brought in Scottie Pippen, uh, and they never were able to meet up with the Bulls in the finals, which actually would have been really fascinating to see. Kind of one of those NBA what ifs I feel like we have in every generation. But yeah, that that's kind of what this this reminds me of, and it's just ironic given the fact that Giannis spent time with Hakeem Olajuwon last week. Hakeem Olajuwon famously you know, wanted out, not that onto the Kumbo wanted out. Um, but we have seen this before where guys start making some comments. It's nothing different than what Giannis had said in the past. John Henson, I believe said something similar. Like, yeah, Giannis talks this way. It's how it, how it is. And then he gets, he gets the guy and they upgraded their team significantly. And now, now we go. And I said that on the review and I, I mean it truly because the Bucks are the clear cut favorite in the Eastern Conference, uh, Eastern Conference that did not necessarily have a a top dog. Now they do, and I guess you know how do you think the Bucks will be able to handle sort of that target on their back? Do you think that even 
phases them at this point? Do you think they even worry about that? I don't think so because they've they've been to the been to the mountaintop, you know, right. pretty recently, and you know this is not, um, you know, like if the Sixers pulled it off, right? Right. And then it's and then it's Lillard and and Embiid and mm-hmm. Embiid has been, I mean, you want to talk about playoff choker? He gets yeah. he gets a pass. I think people are finally starting to realize it. Um, but then you got two guys who've never won it and. Um, then they're, you know, that's, I think more pressure. I, I think this, this does put, you know, some, because now the national media again is going to, it, it's, it's going to be, I believe Nick Wright said that, you know, not winning the fight, like winning the finals is the baseline for the bucks, which is like, that's oh, crazy. That's I mean, and he's a, he's a honest guy, so I'm not going to like, you know, come come down hard on the on Nick Wright. So you know, as a, as at this point in time, he's a, he's a friend of the show. Yeah. Um, but uh, I thought that was. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's. I that... mean, oh no pressure there. Okay, so you know, he, I think I think what he said was like the baseline is getting to the finals and and playing that playing the last game of the season and winning the last game of the season. <laughs> so like, I mean, it, I... it sucks because I guess we're kind of playing we're kind of playing the at the big at the big head table here. With, yeah. uh, with 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 this move. And oh yeah, this is no question about it. Like the Bucks are going to have to be talked about as contenders, not hey, will Giannis leave? And that's going to be really interesting to see how the national media handles that. Do they just put a ton of fucking pressure on the Bucks to be like, our expectations are sky high for this new coach and Adrian Griffin, who's really well respected. So maybe that counters it a little bit. Um, but we've talked about how they were a lot of those national media guys were very big supporters of Mike Budenholzer. Uh, notice also too how nothing got leaked about this. How maybe the Bucks were the mystery team, but no one actually called the Bucks the mystery team. And because the Lazarus are gone, because the Budenholzer administration's gone, and suddenly the leaks just stop. Suddenly the leaks run out. Funny, funny how that fucking works, right? Um, mm-hmm. And. I, I, yeah, you're at the big kids table, but I think they can handle it. I think Griffin, it'll he'll have to obviously work with a lot of personalities here with Lillard and Giannis. Yeah. But I, I do think that Terry Stotts being there, ha- having his experience with Lillard, I think the relationship was amicable. I know that, you know, there there was like some weird like Stotts Lillard stories, but I don't know if any of it really got like out there. Maybe now that skeleton gets brought out. Um, but I would imagine that. Lillard signed off on Milwaukee, even if he and Stotts had some beef, you know, maybe Stotts is a better assistant than he is a head coach. Maybe he's more of that, like, you know, put your arm around your shoulder type guy. And he doesn't actually work as a head coach because he's a little too friendly. And that just Dame didn't like that. But as assistant coach, he's fine. Who knows? But the fact that he's going to be drawing up plays for Giannis and Dame, it's just, it's going to be heavenly. I mean, it's going to be just so fun to fucking watch those two guys, you know, working, working to get, you know, Working, working with each other. Yeah, and you bring up the head coach. That's probably one of my bigger worries. Is just how is he? Has never been an NBA head coach. Hasn't coached a game. Right. How is he going to be able to manage? And I don't. I don't. This is not. Um, Shaq and Kobe. I. You know. This no. is, and it. You know, people are going to call it that. I think it's it's two two team first guys that. Um, have done everything the right way and you know 
on and off the court. And I, you know, they'll find a way to work. I I've heard some of that initially was, is, um, you know, how many, how they're going to be able to handle all the, all the usage and everything. And it's like, look again, these two really complement each other very well that, you know, the pick and roll, the high pick and roll with both those guys is, is going to be, you know, pretty much unstoppable in theory. I mean, if you, that's exactly what, you know, Giannis is, is built for is to be a diver on a pick and roll. Um, Occasionally like the lead ball handler, which is more what happened in 2021. And then when they've been unsuccessful in the playoffs, it says Giannis is the lead ball handler. And I don't believe he's going to have to worry about that now. I mean, this is all about the playoffs really at the end of the day. I'm, I'm, I, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't concerned about Dame's durability, but the last two years in Portland have, have been weird fair, you know, to be fair with them and kind of in their direction. And he was probably just tired of it too. And the organization probably wanted to shut him down a little bit to improve their draft. Um, oh, yeah, sure. Position, so. and, and look, also, too, like, Suki Hobson's a great, you know, she's a great trainer. Yeah. She has done a yeah. lot of good work with the with the Bucks guys and have got them ready to play and have really, you know, done some great things. And I, I think I trust her and I trust that medical staff that they, they know what they're doing and that they can, you know, make sure that Dame is sustained for the long run. Um, I know that Griffin – doesn't seem like Bud in the sense that he's going to play his guys only 30 minutes a game, that it's going to be probably more 35, 40. I don't think Dame will mind that. I do agree there will be a bit of an adjustment. I, I I agree and disagree. I agree that they are team first. I do wonder, will there be an adjustment period of like, all right, now it's my turn, now it's your turn. What, how will we all sort of seamlessly fit? It's going to, like, I think before Christmas, it's going to, it's just going to take a little bit of time. And I, I would have said that even with it was Griffin and every, if we were running it back, I would have even said the same thing. It's got, I would have put Christmas as like the day where it's like not like it, it is a hypothetical day, but it's like that time of year, things should start coming together. We should start seeing, you know, what we want out of the box. I'm not expecting them to go out and win seven games, right? Could they? Hypothetically, yes. Do I expect them to? No. But, you know, that's not that's not likely going to happen. And. I just, yeah, they're they're going to be an extremely tough matchup to deal with because you look at that roster up and down, and and there really isn't anybody better in East in either conference, and that that's somewhat scary, right? That you are the big dog, maybe Denver, but I, I also wanted to go back to your point about like Giannis being the diver and doing a little bit less. Like Giannis is doing a game. He he, I'm sure he saw what Jokic did, and sure he saw how like Jokic kind of was able to control the game and be an MVP level guy with efficiency and not necessarily, you know, always having the ball. And I I do wonder, you know, is Giannis taking a page from that? Hakeem was really good at that. Right. And now he just spent time in the lab with Olajuwon working on his craft. Like there's a lot there that you could tell, you could maybe say that we could be seeing a new look Giannis where he might not be scoring as much, but he's, he's doing so much more on the court and, and really, and really relishing in that sort of new role or that next generation of onto the Kumbo. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, that's a good point. You know, I, I agree that he's, um, yeah, I very right. A student of the game and, and eats, sleeps and breathes basketball and his family. And that's about it. Um, so he, he can make the adjustment. No question. I, I would say you mentioned, you know, 
Jokic pretty much had the ball a thousand percent of the time. Yeah, that's fair. In the in the uh, you know outside of occasional Jamal Murray got to touch the ball once in a while. Right. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, Denver. I I mean, I don't want to be hypocritical, but Denver winning kind of reminds me a lot of when the Bucks won. I mean, yep. it it is you kind of have to pencil them in as as the favorite out of their That's conference fair. after they win. And That's fair. you know and then but it seems like we've we've ignored all the playoff warts from the years before. And I know that Jamal Murray was out for right. the better part of two postseasons. Um so maybe, but you know. I don't know. That's why they play the games. I, I don't think the West is all that great. You know, no. everybody, I, I, I mean, I guess as we talk right now, it's probably better than the East, but I don't know. I mean, there's still some dust to be settled. I still think the East is, it's going to be the same cast of characters, you know, I mean, right. um, Boston's obviously probably your biggest, biggest threat in the East. Mm-hmm. See what happens with Philly. I mean, the Harden situation has not, I suppose that's the next thing now. Um, uh, well, it would Boston go after Drew Holiday? Uh, I mean, well, Drew may end up on, on an Eastern Conference team, which would, I'd, yeah, I'd debate killing myself at that point. I mean, that's um, <laughs> that'd be terrible, dude. I mean, that would I just mean, be, it, yeah, it would be. I mean, it's again, like it would be very. Pre twenty twenty one bucks is Drew Holiday hitting a game winning layup in game six. And then it's like, why couldn't he do this for us? And he's averaging twenty to twenty five points. I think Marzan put something out like that. And uh, like I, I like Marzan. But fun- you're looking he, at I, I was I was borderline devastated when George Hill ended up on the Sixers a couple of years ago. Right. After the Bucks traded him. And but, that would be that would be times a hundred. Well, I just look at Boston now and and they don't and what's hilarious is they trade Marcus Smart and guess what? Marcus Smart would have been perfect against Damian Lillard. Like like beating up Damian Lillard, you know, getting into Damian Lillard's kitchen. They don't really have mm-hmm. anybody to guard Damian Lillard right now, if you think well, about it. Bill it, Simmons says that's a good matchup for Derek White. Okay. All right. Uh I like that. I'll uh, I'll take <laughs> that. I'll take that every day of the fucking week. Derek White who plays with half and half a log of shit. In his pants, most playoff games. That Derek White. That's the Derek White we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, okay. uh, yeah. I, I, I right. saw that one right right before. I think he was on one of the. Um, he's on. What's, he. What's he's, what's the Boston podcast that they have? Yeah, like off the pike. I don't. I've debated yeah. whether I want to listen. I I assumed he was going to join our good friend Ryan, um, who took a great clean shot at at Dan Levitard's program, which I fucking love. Um, he did. That was great. Um, and then I guess there's a little beef on the old X platform uh, as I was logging on to talk to you, but it's like, yeah, I, I look at that team. I look at the Sixers, like Sixers could be a contender for holiday, right? Um, They could figure out a way to do some sort of deal where get Harden, get his wish to go to the Clippers and holiday somehow had ends up at back at the Sixers. Um, That would also suck. Right. But I, and then I, I did see KOC. I think it was KOC said that how the magic should go after Drew Holiday. And I, I do like that a lot. I, you know, as someone who, even though they are in the East, I've I have a lot of magic stock. I like Paulo. I like Franz. I think that's a good team. And and I, I could definitely see, you know, with the Hammond background, I know he, I think he stepped down, right? Hammond. Yeah, I, I'm not totally sure there for not, but if for the longest time it was Weltman was the right president of basketball operations and 
Hammond was underneath him as the GM instead of yeah. the other way around or whatever. Yeah, but I, I, you know, I don't know. They'll have great. Obviously, they would have good intel on whether you know he's a dude or not, um, and they'll they'll kind of know that if they want if they want Drew. But yeah, it's all it's all very interesting to see where the dominoes fall. But I think even when they do fall, when Holiday happens, when Harden happens, you're still going to look at it and you're like, yeah, the Bucks are the best team in the East. I know there's some Donovan Mitchell rumors kind of floating around. I don't see the Cavs trading Donovan Mitchell. Uh, I just don't. Um, I can't. I, the fact that he's not going to sign his extension next summer, I mean, that's that's on Colby Altman for not, you know, how, how does that happen, you know, when you traded for this guy? But he was always a big city guy, right? Like he always he's in, he's a New Yorker. Like he grew up grew up in New York. Like of course he's gonna he's gonna have have big city big city aspirations. That's that's not surprising to me uh, with Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, well the Knicks definitely won't get Giannis now. I don't think we no we, no we can, I mean, we can put that to put that to bed for at every, least a couple of days. Everything can be put to bed. Yeah, the the idea that Giannis is still gonna leave. After this is fucking hilarious. Um, it would really have to go sideways for things to be that way. It was always, it's always going to happen this way. Giannis, he checked the organization. He got, you know, he had that little bit. I also saw something from Henson who just, who he's just doing a little media these days was on uh, Sirius XM. And apparently he vetoed Giannis vetoed a trade that would have sent Middleton to Minnesota for Jimmy Butler. And Giannis told the organization that's not happening. Like, and so he carries a big stick. So maybe, you know, there's been some talk, hey, Adrian Griffin wasn't his guy or something like that. Like, I don't know. I, I think that that guy holds a huge amount of power and they're kind of at his mercy. And and, and that can be a good thing. That can be a bad thing. But that's also the NBA. Got, you know, guys have got their way in the NBA forever, uh, you know, and that's, that's how it is. And I, I do also like the fact that, there's going to be a motivational factor, not just like the revenge tour for the Bucks, but also get Dame that ring. I think that will be a, a huge motivating factor for this team, you know, as we head into like March and April and we get closer and closer to playoffs. Yeah, I did see the the Middleton, the Henson comments. Um, Henson's, I think, do working for like SNY. So something um, like that. Yeah. He's, yeah. So he's 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 around now. He's he's in the streets. Yeah, and um, that would make sense because I think that was a uh, seemed like a kind of a pretty legitimate rumor. You know, I don't know about legit rumor, but a trade that yeah. would have made sense, right? At least at the time, because uh-huh. that was God. That was six years ago now, probably right. Long time um, ago. Yeah, I mean, entire you know, I mean that's entire lifetime ago. Um, that would make sense a lot, and you know, um, yeah, you you had a lot to unpack there. Um, sorry, sorry. I, I'm just I, trying to, no, no, trying to no, think of where okay. I want to go with that. No, next, it's okay. But... I, I mean, you could go, you could go in a hundred different ways. Like, you know, it, the just the idea of you know Giannis not coming back. You go into just the motivation this team has, and you know, is you know what will you know you could argue what motivates them more. Is it going to be just getting Dame, or is it the revenge, or it's a combination that everybody's going after it? Yeah, I mean, I it's I think it's just a a perfect kind of situation right i mean i do like the clyde drexler thing i heard that as well you know i think it looked like if I'm, my math is correct clyde drexler quite clyde drexler was uh 33 as well when he got traded weird so um very very spooky how that all yeah. that all now that houston team was a six seed 
uh, in the playoffs. They they fucked around uh, majorly, and that was their second second one. And then they they just caught fire in the playoffs. So I, I don't want that. Um, because could you imagine Bucks Twitter for a six seed heading into the playoffs? I mean, they burn this place down. We want to have a five seed yeah. form. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, it's that's yeah, you know, that's I wonder what the pressure is going to be like with the fans. I mean, it's you know, oh, you know, if they lose to be, the Sixers, if they lose the Sixers on game one, it's going to be just panic city. They'll treat yeah. they're going to treat it like Packer games, unfortunately. I just and mean that's the regular the, season, really. No, yeah, that's what I'm saying, though. I think they're going to treat oh, it like, right. they're going to treat it like you know, the Packers, we have we have 17 games, and so. Every game matters. Every game is important. Some are more important than others, but 17 are, are important. And the, the Bucks have 82. The Brewers have 162. Yet, when you're really good, sometimes the fan base really, really leans in, and they're like, every game matters. And it really should not be that way. It, it like, they're going to be bad nights on eight, with 82 games. You're going to inexplicably lose to somebody. I, I will say that I did a bad job last year if I, you know, review this hey and you were like hey charlie they keep blowing fourth quarter leads they haven't beat any good teams and i'm like what the fuck are you talking about like but you were right like you were you had that and so i i do think i need to be a look at a little more macro at things but yeah you can't overreact and i think yeah the fans are gonna fans are gonna have some pressure best case scenario for the bucks is they start hot and they win like seven straight games and everybody's all in and you can kind of kind of fan the flames a little bit if you will mm-hmm. I think the, the package the Bucks gave up is not really I know we haven't really talked about that. Um no, it's it's yeah. nothing. I mean it's not it's, I mean it's it's I don't wanna I don't wanna throw Drew in, in the nothing category. Um but it's uh I would have thought it would have took more. But yeah, no the fact Marjan is not included, the fact Andre Jackson Jr. is not included, um, it's kind of incredible, right? Um mm-hmm. I know those guys have some flaws in their game. But especially Marjan, being that he's really close with Scoot Henderson, he was at the Oregon Colorado game over the weekend. Like he has, you could sell Marjan Bochamp to to Blazers fans, and they didn't get, they didn't go after him, or they didn't even ask for him. Like that's odd to me. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, when the Bucks were in Portland this year, Marjan had a whole yeah right a whole like, host of family members like, and, and friends and stuff because he's from southeastern washington i believe in yakima in the, uh, yakima, yakima washington yeah. yakima yakima um but like how do you not like if i'm a blazers fan that's what i'm pissed at i'm like how do we not get bochamp bochamp would have been a perfect guy to kind of have kind of have in this new sort of scoot led team right um and they they don't even have that and that's not there for them and yeah and holiday's gonna get moved and we'll see what pieces you know come back come back for Drew Holiday and that that'll be interesting but yeah well, I agree. And, yeah, great and maybe Drew doesn't get moved I mean I don't know it seems like he's going to that's what everybody says when they you know when uh yeah the the quote-unquote centerpiece of a, of a trade you know in these situations they always end up getting you know that's the first thing is yep they're going to look to move them and it's like well start the bidding right and yep. we'll see we'll see what what shakes out, you know, and maybe, right. you know, Portland kind of, you could argue sold a little low on, on Dame, but maybe, maybe it was one of those things really where I guess after like what Durant got moved for, you would have thought that yeah. it would have been something close to that. But I mean, it really ended up not being 
you know, I don't know. I mean, the, obviously I, the Bucks make out like bandits in this trade. Yeah, I'm fascinated how how Phoenix got themselves involved. Were they just so hell bent on moving DeAndre Ayton that they like they had to they had to be involved, and they were like, oh, we'll take Grayson Allen off your hands, and we'll you know we'll get Grayson Allen and. I, again, I, I like Grayson, and but no one should be selling Grayson Allen as the savior. Uh, he's right. He's struggled in the playoffs. I will say, last year against the Heat, he worked his ass off. He really was. He gave a shit out there. He wasn't going through the motions. That said, like Grayson Allen is not this is not this guy who's going to win Sixth Man of the Year for the Suns. It's a good bench piece for the Suns that they needed <laughs> because they had so many veteran minimum guys playing for their team. Yeah, I, the, clearly the Suns, the the relationship with Aiton was uh-huh. untenable, and uh, they opted for you know I, that seemed like the move all along was a depth move for DeAndre yep. Aiton. Maybe turn his, I think he's getting like twenty seven or thirty yeah, somewhere around thirty million, right? And maybe if you turn that into two guys that are that are rotation pieces, but they mm-hmm. kind of got a poo poo platter. I mean, right. really. Yeah, Nurkic. I mean, Nurkic has is great offensively, but he's kind of a shithead. Yeah, he's, he's he can't dumb. play defense. Um, Nasir Little is like everyone talks about how great his his athleticism is, but he's not done anything out of Carolina. So you know, there's not a ton. There's not a ton there. And then the the picks. I mean, if you think Yon, you know, again, this goes back to the Giannis extension thing. They know Giannis is signing the extension. They would not do this deal. I'll tell you that right now. I'll put that on my on my mother. They would not do that if they didn't think that Giannis wasn't if Giannis wasn't staying, right? Like you don't do that 2028, 2030, 2029. Like, yeah, you're running a risk. And and there'll be some national media pundits that are like, Bucks are taking a major risk here. They're relying on it. Well, you dumb motherfuckers, there's a reason why they're doing this. Because they know Giannis is coming back. Yeah, and it's like Pick a pick a lane here. I mean, the last couple of weeks, we've been forcing Giannis out of Milwaukee because the sporting cast isn't good enough. Now you get the guy that you've been covering for the last four months about a, or not four months, but going on three um, months about where's he going to go? And the, the Bucks go out and get him, and now it's now it's going to be oh this is a panic move, and mm-hmm. <laughs> you know uh, Dame is old. And it doesn't really change anything and yada, yada, yada. So um, that's just, that's classic stuff for sure. Oh yeah. From the, uh, from the national types. And that's, that's what it's going to be, but that that's going to come. That's, that's the risky run with with doing stuff like this. Right. And, and yeah. And the other thing too, is like, if Giannis were to leave or they saw the writing on the wall, right. They have Brooke Lopez is expiring next year, that they could easily move. They have moves that they could make to get out of deals. If they really needed to get picks back, they could figure it out. I'm sure there's a contingency plan. I think that's one of those like breaking case of emergency things. I think it's something that they don't even want to have the discussion, but there's a, there's a notepad with, with things that you do. If that, if that does, you know, go sideways for whatever reason. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there's, uh, you know, that's, that's not something that we're necessarily going to have to hopefully explore for a little no. while. Now and trying to think of there. Oh, I did want to offer my tinfoil hat conspiracy, which is, and I'll just I'll end with we can end with this unless you have anything else to talk about before we move on to the Brewers. Uh, 
my tinfoil hat is I think the Bucks believe if Dame Lillard wins two titles, he'll retire. And that that contract won't matter. And so I looked it up and basically what it states is if a guy does retire and he, he decides to announce retirement, it's not because of injury, he doesn't get paid. Like that contract becomes void. And I think like Bucks are banking on, yeah, Lillard won't want to cash out at the end. Now you're like, wow, Charlie, like 50 million, 60 million is a lot of fucking money. Why don't you just want to take the money, even if you can't play? I don't know. Some guys are some guys are different, right? Um, and also, I guess I'll add to the other part of it: TV deals coming next year. That fifty and sixty million might not look like much uh, when we're in 20, 2026 and twenty twenty seven, because all these guys are just getting paid massively and probably too much, honestly. But that's just how it goes. Yeah. Well, I mean that that is that's a wrinkle for sure. I I still think at sixty million or whatever he's going to be getting mm-hmm. with that player option. Or, you know, or the end of the, the last year of the deal is going to be tough to say no to, but also, right. right. I mean, I'm just trying to think, like, who, look at the guys that are making $40 million now. I mean, you could probably throw Chris Middleton in that category, you know, from, like, right before the pandemic when he signed his, or before the 2019, right. uh, in, in that summer, he signed the big extension and everybody's like $37 million. Now it's, I mean, that looks like pretty much nothing. So right, exactly. That, that is true. That is true. I, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens. And this is a whole other podcast topic, but with the whole regional sports networks going, going down. Oh, yeah. And and I mean, the NBA basically putting in in place a a rule for players to play on national TV games because the networks are probably playing hardball with the league. Yeah. Where it's like. We're not going to pay you what you want if these fucking guys aren't playing. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I'll be. I'll also be curious. And yeah, I, I the think the gravy that... train I, I, is gonna is gonna basically maybe I don't know about go away, but it probably isn't going to grow at some point. No, would... yeah, it's. I think everybody's kind of had it with the guys not playing, and you see, you know, you look at baseball, right? And I know baseball doesn't do a lot of national games as much as they used to, but most of the times when you're flipping on a Yankee game on Sunday night baseball, Aaron judge is playing and Aaron judge is out there. And I think that expectation kind of is becoming the same for the NBA is like, you can have your nights off, but we're hearing from all these fans and these probably these exit surveys that ticket sales are doing, or they're like, I don't want to buy season tickets because I don't know if Giannis is going to play in this game. And part of the reason why I got the season ticket was to watch Giannis and LeBron and, uh, even though he's obviously controversial, John Moran, first guy I thought of, but it's like, I don't get to see any of these guys. And why, why am I even paying for the season tickets? And that, that, that's what I think they're trying to mitigate against. Yeah, for sure. Well, I, I would imagine the Bucks season ticket base will probably go up a little bit after this yep. trade. Oh yeah. No. Um, and I, I, I would be certainly terrified to see what a, what a single game ticket's going for on, on the secondary market at times this year. Well, as, at times, or do we want to look at do we want to look at Buck Sixers? I was told I saw on Twitter that someone tried to look for Buck Sixers opening night tickets, and there's not much left. But it is pretty much few and far between um, that that are available. Um, let's type in StubHub, not a sponsor um, for Buck Sixers. Let's see what we got here. Let's see if there's 
anything available. Um, event is selling fast. No shit. It's a bad call by that umpire. Um, yeah, there still is a little bit left, but it is not. There ain't much. Um, you're getting your best getting price is section two seventeen row seven for a hundred nine dollars a piece. Yeah, which is two seventeen is going to be right above the basket, like corner, yeah. basically the corner, the section um, over. Yeah, yeah. So you know, if you did want to do that, but go, God bless you. I mean, if that's going to be that weekend now, just goes on steroids, right? Because now you go Buck Sixers as the home opener on Thursday night. You have the start of the Brewers World Series game, game one on Friday, <laughs> and. And then uh, Badgers, Ohio State on Saturday, and Packers, Vikings on Sunday. Not if Andrew Chafin's in the game. Well, gonna happen. listen, Andrew Chafin. I I hope Andrew Chafin enjoys his last his last week in Milwaukee. I'll tell you. I'll tell yeah. you that much. Yeah, um, he shouldn't be on the playoff roster. I have no idea why the fuck he's in this game. Uh, Craig Council's like, oh, we're gonna start using our our guys because they need they need some work, and now we're. Fucking Andrew Chafin's on the mound here uh, in the eighth inning. So yeah, we're gonna move on to the Brewers. Um, if anyone was wasn't uh, wasn't there, uh, the Brewers did clinch playoffs yesterday. I was in the building. I talked about it on Quick Pod that I did yesterday. If you missed it, uh, I, it was a really weird experience in general. Um, best loss ever, as I said to my dad, leaving the car. And the Brewers now are in the playoffs. They wait to see who their opponent will be. Um, Real quick, Mitch, before I set up the, the segment, I did this on Monday. Out of the rankings, who would you who would you who do you want to play um, out of those three teams? Cardinal, uh, Marlins, Cubs, and uh, Diamondbacks. Probably Marlins. Uh, okay. I know the I know the Brewers did just lose two out of three, but I, man, I don't know. I was scared of the Cubs a little bit for a minute there. I I think the Cubs are a dead duck, man. I think they're dead. Like, I don't know if they're going to get there. Like, they are – they are they just blew another lead. They're, it's 4-4 now well, for the Braves, and they they have no bullpen. They're all out of gas. They've completely – and you see this with baseball sometimes where you just are so hot and you, like, push all the right buttons, and all of a sudden, like, you, you have nothing left. And I don't know what the Cubs have left. And I don't know if their fan base it will be that engaged to see the Brewers here next week. The only thing that worries me about Brewers Cubs is the six straight games. That's a lot mm-hmm. of baseball against each other. You, you can, you can learn a lot there. And they, they've also played each other really close. It's five, and, it's five and five for the entire season. Yeah. I mean, that's true. The, the Cubs, I mean, the, the, look, they're playing the Braves and, right. you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to look back at what the Brewers did against the Braves this year. It probably, I know it wasn't pretty. No, they we, won one game. Yeah, we got swept in Atlanta. Yeah, we won and game one, 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 and at home. But but important context. I know this will be water carrying Chuck here, but Corbin Burns did not pitch in any of those games. Brandon Woodruff didn't pitch in any of those games. So just want want that to be on the record. That's interesting, actually. Just, how that how that yeah, happens? Right, right. Just keep that in your tickler file, and also. Burns only pitched once against the Dodgers, and and Peralta did not face the Dodgers. Woodruff did not face the Dodgers. So keep that, just keep that tucked away for for the negative Nancys, you know, during the playoff run 
where the uh, the Randy Quaid's of the world from Major League, I forget the guy's actual name, where they're going to be like, oh, the Brewers can't do it. They're going to get beat by the Dodgers. They're going to beat by the Braves. I, I will say to those people, enjoy this. Like, I, I really enjoyed, and I and probably can't find it, but Lane, Lane Grindle did a great monologue to kind of finish the Brewer broadcast yesterday as we were driving home and talked about how, like, this is rare in baseball. Like, this does not usually happen. You don't usually go to playoffs five out of the last six years. You don't win three titles. That doesn't happen that often. The Brewers have graduated from little brother status to the Cardinals. Think about that. Think about if you were to tell 2011 Mitch that, hey, in a decade plus, the Brewers aren't going to be the Cardinals' little brother. They're actually going to be the king. They're going to be the big swinging dick of the Cracker Factory of the National League Central. Would you have believed that that story if i if you i was to tell i mean 2011 that's, mitch that's you know uh, probably not honest right simply put no i would say probably not they have yes they've 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 definitely become a winning organization the last certainly last since 2018 yeah uh and and really going before that for sure so um you're right i mean that's that's a very good good way to look at it i i don't know we haven't with the Cubs. We had that moment, I think, in 2018, 2019, and, or uh, 2018. Excuse me, you're right. Yeah, 2018. Yeah, you're no 2018. No, you're right. You're I, right. I had I'm to sorry. think for a second there, no. and um, kind of had that moment, and probably getting to be due for another one. I don't know if we really had that with the Cardinals, where it's like both teams are good and we just fucking beat you, well, fair and we, square. We haven't had it with the Cardinals. Every time we were good, the Cardinals aren't. Um, or it's vice versa. Cardinals or they're good, better. They're, they're just a little better than us, I right? Mean, really, yeah. Like in yeah. 2011 yeah. or 20. Well, in 2022, like well, that was the team we were competing with for the division, and then the Brewers just kind of fell apart, and the Cardinals mm-hmm. pulled away. I I can kind of remember it. It was it was right around Murph's wedding, like that middle of August last year, where the Cardinals just started to really win games. The Brewers were starting to fall behind, and then it was like, okay, well, fuck the division. I guess we're gonna try to get in the wild card. And that still was on the table and they couldn't, they just couldn't close and that's fine. And, you know, we don't need to relive that. It's just, yeah, I, I think it's a, it's definitely a, a special time. And yeah, there've been a lot of unfortunately bad mo- moments and you're kind of right on the, like the do, like we haven't really had a special playoff since 2018. Like, I think it would be a massive bummer it, given the fact the Brewers have been so good at home. They've been so good the last two months of the year. For them to bow out in the wild card would be pretty disappointing at this point. I, I I would be pretty upset if that if that was the outcome. I can I can tolerate losing a five game series to the Dodgers. I can I can obviously tolerate losing to the Braves, but I I can't really tolerate losing to a combination of the Diamondbacks, Marlins, or Cubs. Well, I mean, I just think it would be. 2021 did some damage to the fan base's confidence for sure. I think did a lot of damage. Oh yeah. Big time. I think this would be, this would be, that'd be even, that'd be the last thing the organization needs to, to get at least past the wild card. Yeah. In in the worst way. Yeah. Then we can, then we can talk again, like you said. Right. But that would be right. That'd be very devastating. I think 2021 has, the taste of that has, has not left people's mouths and then no. you, you pretty much fucked up the season in 2022. Yeah. Um, and now obviously, yes, they've, they've been hotter since the all-star break. 
um, overall. But I don't, you know, the offense has been good for the most part. They've they've scored enough runs. Mm-hmm. Um, they have, but they... It, 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 it even if they ha- if we had the Braves lineup, I'd still be nervous about offense. Yeah, you know, I mean, look, I mean, it's it's playoff baseball, man. Like. You don't think that there are Braves fans who are doing podcasts like, oh, shit, we're going to have to play the fucking Phillies again in the division series. The Phillies team that beat them. You have Spencer Strider telling John Boy that he preferred it without fans, that fans are too loud. That's a great thing. Great bulletin board material for, for you Philly. to have. Yeah, for Philly, for Milwaukee. <laughs> for, and, I, and I know Spencer Strider is kind of like a Zach Frankie. Like he's just a weird fucking dude. I get that, but you don't say that. <laughs> like that's that's not great. And and Atlanta's pitching is awful right now. Freed's hurt. Charlie Morton's hurt. Like who's who's your sec? Bryce Elder's your second guy. He's pitched a lot for a young guy. I don't know, man. It's it's really interesting. I I just feel like, and I think that's the other part of like the 2021 taste. I think just the there is a a slight door that's a jarred open i i the braves are our best team in baseball no question about it and but i don't think that they are a juggernaut as much of a juggernaut i think but you're right and we and we can obviously go into this topic and we've we have not talked a lot about brewers and the topic we had today was you know what needs to succeed the most in the playoffs and you know it's often starting pitching and bullpen and i think we we're building the case for the offense like there is a real life scenario where you might have to out slug the Dodgers and the Braves to, to win those series. Like you might have to score six to eight runs to beat those teams. And that might be hard for the Spurs offense to do. Yeah. It's probably offense has, has the most pressure to succeed. No question because yep. you have, you have to score. And pitching is great, but you have to score at least one run. And it's hard to guarantee that in a playoff game where where it's everything right. every every fucking pitch is high leverage. And yep. Another thing is you have this pitch clock now, um, yeah. In the playoffs, and I was watching a game. I think it was Tuesday night. I was watching. I got home from 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 band practice, and I turned on the uh, the Mariners on, mm-hmm. on TBS, and Ron Darling, old old Ron, brought up. Well, I'm interested to see about the pitch clock. And my initial thought was, well, they've had it all fucking season. I mean. But there is something to, like I don't think you're going to see a bunch of violations and stuff like that. But it, it it is a little bit of a different different beast than the postseason. I mean, those postseason games are yeah they're, four hours they're, long. They're going to force. They're going to. That's such a good point. They're going to force pitchers to not really be able to take a breath. They're not going to be able to take a breath. They're going to have to come with it when you know the base are loaded. And it'll be interesting to see how managers manage that, right? Do you take guys out because you're like, I can't trust that this guy's going to come, you know, one out or give up only one run with base loaded and one out. I might need to go get him, and you might need to use your bullpen more. I would build a case for the bullpen is mm-hmm. important to succeed because I am, a, I'm worried about Joel Piamas. He pitched well tonight. This is the first clean inning. I think since August 8th, he pitched in the seventh inning, which is interesting on uh, not the eighth and did well. And so that's good. Now it's the Cardinals, but I am a little worried about Piamas. You don't have Figueroa with a elbow. In, he has an elbow injury. I don't know if you're going to get Figueroa back. Uh, you will probably have the addition of Adrian Hauser and Wade Miley, but how are they going to respond to 
being in the bullpen. You know, is that going to work for them? I don't know. Um, it, it, Abner Rebe, young guy, has mm-hmm. all the talent in the world, but he's been told by like Adamus and others, like you got to relax, like in that and it playoffs. You know, Abner Rebe blowing up in the playoffs would it not be something that would surprise me, right? Like I, if that you told me that that's how the Brewers lost the playoff game, I'm not going to be shocked by that. Yeah, and I mean. That would be a nightmare because oh yeah, who knows what happens to his confidence? Oh right, but, yeah, it's it's there, yeah, for sure. I was yeah, I mean that obviously starting pitching. I think, you know, obviously the answer is oh, there's there's you want all of them to succeed, all the facets of mm-hmm. of baseball, but starting pitching, I think you feel feel the best about just given given the yeah. body of work this season, but the bullpens, especially in baseball now, the last 10, 15 years. Um, probably 10, you know, with the bullpens really going back to like the Royals teams of 2015. Oh yeah. Had, that was the immediate three great relievers yep. and, and everybody's kind of had that model and it's really like, especially in the playoffs, like just get to the fifth inning with your mm-hmm. starter, maybe six. If you're, if you're lucky, get through five, you know, and then it's a bullpen and, and pretty much every team does that now. And it's, you know, guys are relievers for a reason, really. I mean, they're most of them are failed starters or, you know, and they're, they may not be the most talented dude, but, you know, hey, just got to get the guys out. And that's, that's why they right. play the games. Right. Absolutely. And yeah, I think the really the biggest thing for the starting pitching is, you know, Corbin Burns will be caught by Contreras. He's Contreras is caught in the last two. Times out, you know, uh, wow, great catch by Bryce Schring. Uh, that Contreras, you know, it's caught in the last two games. One went okay, and then he blew up in that, I think it was the fifth inning against the Nationals, or sixth inning against the Nationals. And then he was on easy street uh, with the Marlins game, which was a complete blowout by for mm-hmm. most of that game. But maybe that's a good thing for Contreras and Burns to get familiar with each other. And I think you want Contreras catching. And while I liked what Carantini has done, I think he'll be a nice bench bat in the postseason. I don't really think you want Victor Carantini in your starting lineup. No, probably not. Not in the playoffs. Um, I guess maybe you could argue. Just thinking of some options, it's like as long as Contreras was in there as a DH. Yeah, he would. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Put put Carantini at uh, you know the eight or nine spot or something, depending on you know. Look, Bryce Trang. Um, Andrew Monasterio, those guys, like, they're going to basically be fighting over second base. I mean, yep. I think platooning at second base. With, yep. Probably with Donaldson, with yep. Donaldson as a, a, the emergence of him, the un, yep. the unlikely emergence, I think yep. he's getting your first crack. I know Brian Anderson finally played, and they, they dusted him off. Look, and Brian, uh, I think he had a, he had two hits tonight. Like, Brian, yeah. Brian <laughs> just wanted – he's like, don't forget about me, man. Um, yeah, I mean, I, what a weird freaking season for that guy. Totally. I'm sure he's like he, t- 20 years from now, you know, when he has a World Series ring, he's going to be like, you know, is talking to his grandkids and like, you have no idea how the season went for me. Like, and he'll probably lie, which I would. Yeah, tell me at 40 home runs. and Right. Fuck yeah. Why not? Uh, oh, I did want to add on Donaldson. You know, we've taken some skins out of the national media today. The John Boy... Ryan Telez thing was maybe one of the worst things of like clickbait thing journalism I've seen in a very long time. Um, I like John Boy. I respect what they do. I respect what they built. But my goodness, was that bad? 
just him forcing the yeah the like the hey josh, josh johnson, johnson thing josh johnson's an asshole it's like dude i'm sorry you're a bitter yankee fan like i don't know what to tell you yeah so. yeah i mean whatever i you know i'm not surprised i, I do in between that and mark canna the uh the coverage, you know, that's that's burning both sides of the New York fandom. Right, right. Is, oh yeah, it, yeah. There's gonna be a lot. It's, of, it's been an enhanced. There's gonna be a lot of brewer attention given to because of the Canna and Donaldson stuff, and so yeah, you'll get it from both. I mean, it really seems like Canna was a fan favorite from Mets fans. Like every yeah. every social media post I see about Mark Canna, everything he puts on social media about his food stuff or whatever. Yeah. It's all these Mets fans saying, "Miss you in New York, wishing you the best," and blah blah blah. And then yeah. from the from the Donaldson side, I mean, it was I mean he's uh, uh you know kind of an asshole and uh, yeah didn't work out for the for the Yankees or really any of his last few teams <laughs> and now it's it's trying it it's now that he's had a little bit of success in the last you know week or two, um, it's rubbing it into Yankees fans their shitty season so well right and that's that part hard. I kind of like. As Kurt, yeah, and then Kurt Hogg like had the quote about from Donaldson, basically being like, "Yeah, seamless transition. Like, really like this group of guys. Like, everybody's everybody's there." I also thought that I don't know if you saw it on the Bally broadcast, but Ananasio took a small shot at David Stearns. I felt like uh, saying, "Oh, this is the most well connected team, most connected team we've had in 19 years." Like, I I just think that that was not an accident, right? He didn't say that. He didn't say that without a little bit of purpose. And I, I think I, I don't do, I don't disagree, honestly. Like I, I think all these guys love each other. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like a, like a really good team. I mean, the, yeah. The hater stuff the other oh. night was interesting <laughs> too. And, oh, but it seemed like, it seemed like hater was, was it's hard to like, I don't know how to put that in an argument where it seemed right. like, you know, the haters, the hater trade cost the team the season. I think, you know, the, mm-hmm. the clubhouse seemed to like him enough, but then he, he also was kind of a prick about like he had to be a closer, which okay, fine. And then you know he won't go into a game with San Diego for four out save because they're basically out of the playoffs. Um, I, you know I don't know what to think about that. And with, with him gone, it just it just you know I don't know maybe it, maybe yeah, he was a divisive guy. And De- Devin Williams went out for a four out save in the in like May, right? Like you know, and he. He had the game in, against Philadelphia where he gives up the home run to Trey Turner, and then the Brewers were able to come back and take the lead in the top of the not or the bottom bottom of the eighth, excuse me. And Williams went back out there and pitched and won that game and got that done for him. So, oh my goodness, Cubs lost again. Uh just man, wow, it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, it's just I I. I I do wonder will Hader go to will he go to the Cardinals? Cardinals need a closer. Would they sign Josh Hader? I'm sure he I I see I can see him going anywhere, honestly. Yeah, I could see I him. Don't. I also wondered would he cut his hair for the Yankees. The Yankees, you know, have Clay Holmes, but he's kind of up and down this year. Would he cut his hair to be a Yankee? Uh probably. I mean, most of them do. Yeah, yeah. The money's too good not to. It's it's weird when they do though. I will say that, like I, when Jason Giambi it, did, it, it would be. I, but I think like playing for the Yankees is is oh, like. Yeah. I mean, it's. But it, I don't he, like the Yankees. I make fun of them all the time. But I'm just a fat pasty right. Wisconsinite who right doesn't doesn't appreciate. But you know, if you're a professional baseball player, I think that's 
you know, I'm trying to that's no, like playing I, for yeah. Alabama in right. college football. Or well, like it's maybe, like the time it's the old Tom Crean line of it's Indiana, right? Like they asked Tom Crean why why he left Marquette, and he's like, it's Indiana, and that's kind of it, right? And mm-hmm. although if Josh is too much of a mental midget to handle San Diego and Milwaukee, I can't imagine what he would do in New York or right. St. Louis for that matter. I mean, St. Louis is like Packers; like they care, they live and breathe. You know what I mean? And so. Mm-hmm. It's not even though that's a smaller market, that's a big baseball market and what one of the bigger gonna, ones. Just had a thought of you know we 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 can transition to Packers maybe, but yeah, uh, Aaron Rodgers not we are we've been robbed of that back and forth this year oh. with the New York media. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's the that's, real we're the real losers. For that's that one. too bad. I saw Rodgers was critical about the uh, I guess there was some fracas going on on the sidelines with. Uh, with the Zach Wilson and Garrett Wilson. And then there's now rumors that Robert Sala could lose the locker room because of his love for Zach Wilson. Devin Williams can't find the strike zone. Um, you know, it's just, and Sala, that's interesting. Uh, I look forward to Robert Sala being the defensive coordinator for the Milwaukee or for the Green Bay Packers in 2024. Um, that's going to be great. That'll be awesome <laughs> for this team. Uh, I can't wait, honestly. But yeah, the Packers and Lions. Uh, we so they, kept it so at, the Packers would truly have two coordinators then. Yeah, they would. And we kept it at the Co-head end. Co head coaches. How about yeah, that? There you go. Kept it at the end as tonight is Packers and Lions on Amazon Prime. So we figure some of you do listen later. Um, so if this game's already happened, you can just go oh, right man. to you, you can go right to the recap. Uh, I'm but, gonna I'm gonna have to call my dad and make sure he's got his his prime shit set up so, so he can watch the fucking game. So yeah, so uh, yeah, you will because I they do put the Packer game on if you're in Milwaukee and you're Madison and Green Bay, I believe, Uh-oh. and you you could Jordan Walker just hit home run. Oh, we're good. We're Mitch good. Is, Sorry. All right, it's okay. For context, Mitch. Forever. This is a this is a great like internal story uh that we can let you in on. We we had a group chat. I used to have cable and I would tweet about or text with the guys about like Bucks games and Brewer games and Mitch would send me send a text like respect my stream. Oh yeah, that looks gone. It isn't. Um and, <laughs> and yeah, no. And and then and, yeah, I would spoil shit for him. And then Mitch has done a thing now where he's just spoiling games for me. I'm behind him. I don't know. We live very close to each other. I don't understand why Mitch is ahead of me on stream. It's unfair. Um, but anyways, that's here and there. I'm glad. Yeah, I get one. like, I get 300 plus meg internet, man. But anyways, yeah. So if you are in the Milwaukee area, the five county area, you get the game on, I believe NBC or one of those channels. So you'll be able to watch the game without needing prime. But yeah, if you're out of that, yeah, you'll get, need to get your prime all set up, take care of so you can watch the game. Uh, and enjoy the fact that you won't be able to hear the Lambeau Field crowd because Amazon does some weird shit with their mics. That is highly annoying. But here we are, Packers-Lions, a big matchup, a, probably one of the better Thursday matchups that you're going to get all season. Great way to kick off the week, whether you are a Packer fan or not. And I, I just the question I think I have to open us up is, you know, who needs this game more? I mean, the case for Green Bay is you lost twice to Detroit last year. You can kind of reestablish yourself as the team in in the NFC North. But even if you don't win, your schedule is looking real easy. And it's looking easier than it did three weeks ago. And even if you do lose this game, is it really is it really that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things? And then for the Lions, 
they're trying to shed that little brother. They're trying not to be what the Brewers were in the early 2010s. And this would, the Lions hype would go to 100, 150 if they went on another Thursday night and sort of make a statement against another team that people perceive to be in the playoffs. Now be, you know, it's been a tough schedule for them with the Chiefs, Falcons and Seahawks and now the Packers. That's a pretty tough four game stretch and they go three and one. You got to take the Lions a little more serious. Yeah, I think it probably is the Lions that that needs the game a little bit more for most of the reasons you just laid out. I think they are the Chiefs victory in Kansas City was certainly unexpected by me. And, um, you know, I thought that was going to be I also thought the Bears might cover against the Chiefs. I certainly wouldn't have put money on it, but I just thought the NFL was a weird game. And I thought they would maybe have the uh, the Cowboys outcome type of thing, maybe just Mm -hmm. to. But the Bears are really fucking bad. But anyway, um, yeah. So I, I think that that win was good for Detroit, and then they've they uh, they couldn't stop Seattle at all in week two, yep. and then get a nice win in, in week three against Atlanta, a team the Packers couldn't beat. I think this is obviously yes a golden opportunity. The whole world's watching in Lambeau Field. I think there's a, a fair bit of pressure on. Jared Goff and the like, and the boys over there uh, in blue. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Packers, I don't know. I, you know, kind of been a weird season, you know, so far. Yeah, absolutely. A little bit. It's been it's been fun. It's been, you know, Jordan Love has look, looked good. Um, and there's been things to – parts of games to enjoy, you know, that have been great and – Parts that haven't been, you know, I mean, the Atlanta right. game, they were great for three quarters and sucked in the fourth. And then the, the exact opposite happened yeah. in week three. So I'm not so sure what to think. You know, the Packers, it's just going to be kind of like that. But I think Detroit, for the first time in a long time, probably in, in 10 years, have they had any type of expectations? And you could probably go 20 years before that. Um, I'm just thinking of Stafford it's like, and Megatron yeah, for like it's a like year the, there. Yeah, that Schwartz team in, I think it was, was 20, 2013. 2013? Yeah, yeah, where they blew out the Packers in, they blew out the Packers on Thanksgiving and it looked like they were going to win the division and they fell apart. And the Packers win the division on that Rodgers to Cobb play. And that was, yeah, that was kind of the last time line snuck in the playoffs, I think that year or the year after that. Like they had a couple moments, but yeah, to your point, like, it it hasn't it hasn't been there for them and it's on a platter and it's like will they take it and yeah the defense has looked good but I would ask what were you know they they faced the Mahomes without Travis Kelsey that's a different Mahomes with a bunch of brand new receivers you faced Geno Smith and you got couldn't catch the ball right you faced Geno Smith and really good really good wide receivers and you got torn up. You faced Atlanta, Desmond Ritter couldn't throw the ball. They did what the Packers couldn't do and made Desmond Ritter throw the ball, make Desmond Ritter beat you, and that didn't happen. And that didn't happen. Absolutely not. They got three points total. Now you have Jordan Love against a pretty weak secondary, no Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, and you're going to get Christian Watson back. Jordan Schultz just reported that, barring a setback, Watson's going to be out there for his season debut. So now you have Watson, Dobbs, Reed, Wicks, that's that's a pretty formidable four, four, group of four guys, plus Musgrave. I, I feel like that's going to be a lot of problems for that secondary. Yeah. I mean, again, the Lions defensively, 
not uh not the greatest. I mean that that's been their that's been their Achilles heel for right the last couple of years and and God pretty much forever. You know, I don't know. I can't yeah. think of any time the Lions have ever had a great defense. Yeah. I mean, they have Hutchinson. I mean, they have some guys, right? Like Hutchinson is going to be a very interesting matchup against Rashid Walker. Like that'll be a test for Rashid Walker um, and see how he, how he can handle that. But yeah, there and Brian branch, you know, has had a really good game against Atlanta. I think that's the nightmare scenario uh, for Packer fans. If Brian branch, you know, has a, you know, as a game changer, right. He had interception return in week one played really well last week. If he shows out in this week and that was a guy that some people pegged for the Packers and for the first round and he didn't even, he fell to the second round. You'll have a lot of people that are like, Oh, it would be great to have him on our team. It'd be great. You know, and that's, that happens every year, but that's, but it's when it's inside your division. I think it stings a little bit more. Yeah. Both teams have lengthy injury reports. I mean, well, certainly, the, certainly the Packers. Right. And um, t- Taylor Decker, Taylor Decker doesn't play. He has an ankle injury and he's their right, right tackle. I mean, look out. They don't, they have nobody. They do not have the offensive line depth that the Green Bay Packers have. He's their left tackle. Excuse me. It is Matt Nelson. I, I can't tell you I have any Matt Nelson thoughts or Cordy Sorzal, who's the right tackle, who's a fifth round draft pick. They have nobody, man. They that that's scary hours for Jared Goff and just having Rashawn Gary, Van Ness, Parson Smith just all up in your asshole the entire game. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Rashawn Gary was a problem against the Saints. I didn't realize no he only played 20 snaps. That's crazy. That's they're absolutely just, they're, it's just they're so impactful though that it feels Oh like... yeah. Uh yeah. And and I should have tried I, I you know I was behind the Green Bay bench, I should have realized that he he was coming in like basically every third down, basically. That was kind of you're like it was a bit or an obvious passing down. It was like, okay, there's a Sean Gary. And and then yeah, just watching him work off the edge was a thing of beauty. Like you thought you really thought every time when you're in person watching Sean Gary that he was gonna get to the quarterback. Like that it's kind of almost like the Giannis thing, right? Where it's like every time Giannis touches the ball, you expect Giannis to score score. It's kind of that same thing. Like he's, you thought he'd get home. And I mean, yeah, he's he's kind of he's kind of at that almost at that level, right? Where it just seems like he's disrupting. I mean, he basically bitched Ryan Ramchek a couple times. Oh and yeah, that's pretty impressive. I mean, that's one of the better linemen in the NFL. Yeah, and and they they really yeah it was a really impressive effort. And and yeah, we'll see if you know Joe Barry's guys can stand up. I mean, Ben Johnson is a very good offensive coordinator. Has got a lot of pub in the national media, but Packers defense did pretty well against the Lions last year. I mean, the Lions did win both those games. Both games were rock fights. It was thirteen mm-hmm. to nine, and it was twenty to sixteen. So it wasn't like it wasn't like that. The Packers got absolutely. You know, their pants pulled down against this defense. And I do wonder, you know, with what they did in that game that they lost the last game of the year, does Barry, you know, apply similar things there? I think my biggest thing with Joe Barry, if I'm doing the, the weekly Joe Barry complaint brought to you by uh, Barry's Farms out in uh, out of Muskego, um, I, I, my, it would be just don't be so fucking passive that first drive. Like he like lets, he like basically wants to see what these teams are doing. And and just gives up a touchdown. Like old ass Jimmy Graham got a fucking touchdown, and we just were played so fucking soft. Apologize for all the efforts, but it was so bad. And it's like, can we not do that? Can we just come out and punch a team in the mouth 
and and not let them up for air to start a game. That would that'd be appreciated. That's the uh, kind of the Mike Budenholzer special. Oh yeah, thank you. I was I was looking for a comparison. I was like, who who did this? I'm like, oh yeah, that's Bud. <laughs> Bud did that all the time. Just concede game one every playoff series, and right. you know, make your adjustments from there, and they either or or lack thereof, and either come back and win the series, or uh, more often than not, you didn't. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's you know, I, I you're right, Jimmy Grant. I wonder how much do you think Derek Carr getting hurt in that game? I think that was. A pretty significant factor. I know Jameis looked okay. So he had like, like a, somehow at a hundred yards. Derek but... Carr and him had the same numbers. Like, yeah, I think a little bit. I think, and there was there was like a quarter and a half or almost two yeah. quarters of Derek Carr, and then, and then not scoring on offense. So, I think also it goes back to why having a defensive coach is not always the best because they dive into their Ted Cruz playbook. Like Dennis Allen tried to sit on the ball. Dennis Allen tried to, you know, basically run the clock. And I uh I definitely I I definitely think that there's there's part of that where that's what that can get you into trouble with those defensive guys. They just rely way too much on their defense and the Packers were able to break through. So I I I know that there will be some haters that will say that. I'm not saying you're hating. I'm just I think that that will be what some people say leading into this game, like how much was it just Derek Carr went out and, and we'll have to see. I mean, yeah. And get it, if you get Watson and Jones back, that's an entirely different offense. And that's kind of the version of the Packers that you expect to see all year. You know, I don't know if you know this, but when I, you know, watch games and I'm seeing kind of how it's going to progress, I kind of think about what I'm going to talk about on the podcast a little bit, like loosely before I'm sketching it out. And I was like, i when they were losing, I was like, I think what I'm going to lead with is just, we don't know. We haven't seen the real version of this Packers team yet. We don't know the real version. We haven't seen it just yet. And maybe we'll never will. Maybe every, like, you'll just be injury after injury. It's kind of, remember last year with the Bucks, right? Where Middleton was hurt, Connaughton was hurt, start the year. And I was like, well, we'll see the real Bucks, Christmas, whatever. And you're like, well, maybe not. And maybe we won't. And we didn't see it until fucking February. And then well, they went 15 straight games. Right. Yeah. And I, I was thinking that, you know, with the NFL, you're always looking at who, who's who's a year of year from hell candidate. And right. honestly, when it when it's Jair Alexander's in a hoodie, yeah, uh, Devondre Campbell's out, you know, on top of the four or five guys that already didn't play, you're like, man, this is a just just fucked. Right. And I mean, they were they're 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 they were lucky to come away with the victory. You know, they're two and one. And, you know, maybe luck is a little strong, but. I'm just saying, you know, they if you got Bakhtiari not playing um, because of this knee thing that's going on, and who knows what the hell is going on there. Yeah, um, that's being that's out a- again. That that's disappointing. Um, and it, you know, there's there's enough talent there to work with, but right, maybe it's just a situation where one guy's in and the next guy goes out, and you just I don't know, and you just can never see see what it looks like where what, what it what it potentially could look like right yeah it, absolutely and that i really i really hope i i really hope the uh that is not the case and i, I hope that they are able to kind of show their full form and, and really sort of light it up and i i do think if the packers win by double digits which i don't expect them to but if they do the jordan love hype is gonna skyrocket it's gonna go 
to kind of another another level. You always get that bump on Friday, whatever the Thursday night game is. You want to talk about that? Like, oh, you know, yeah. obviously, there were crazy the, things. That... It's the standalone effect. I right. mean, and it's really bad in the NFL, you know, because 20 million, 25 million people are going to watch it. Well, not with Amazon, maybe, but yeah. um, just, yeah, it, it, everything gets scrutinized that much more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no, we're definitely, we're defi- the head, the headlines coming out of Friday could be. Oh yeah. Pretty, pretty interesting. Oh for yeah. Sure. And, and, and look, if the Packers get their asses kicked, I'm not, I'm not going to freak out. Like they have Vegas and Denver the next two weeks. They get a, yeah. they get a bunch of rest. Like I am not going to, I'm not saying it's house money. It's a divisional game. I want to beat the fucking lions. I want to yell into my phone, calling them little brother. Like that's what I want. But if they lose and if they lose badly, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be hanging my head. I'm making bean dip tomorrow. I'm having Buffalo taquitos. Like I'm going to be living. I'm going to have a few beverages before I take the podcast. So it could get spicy, but like, I am not, I'm not going to worry. I'm going to just try to enjoy it and hopefully it works out, but it could, it could go to shit. That That's, that's always a risky run, especially now with a team where we don't, it's not like, Oh, we have Rogers. We'll figure it out. Like that was, that was the thought I had 17, nothing. I was like, well, we're not in, not in Kansas anymore. Aaron Rodgers ain't walking through that door. Like it's a little different. Yeah. But they and, ended up, you know, doing enough to get it done. Right. And, and I, I said this on Monday and I'll, I'll repeat it here. It, I think we really have to monitor if the Packers do, you know, have another comeback game, maybe not to that level, but they come back from 10, nothing down early or 14, nothing down early. Was the Packers' lack of resilience, the Packers' lack of being able to take a punch the last couple of years, was that actually an Aaron Rodgers thing and not a Matt LaFleur thing? Uh, I mean, I don't uh, have enough data for that. I know, I know, I know. We need more data. We need stats and info to get us it. But I'm just, I'm just throwing that. That's like a pre-take. Like I'm just, I'm just building that take out. That's that's there. I'm gonna say it's on an island. Just kind of waiting to to be brought on shore if need be. Yeah, I mean we'll have to see with that. It's it's still a Matt Lafleur thing, no question. I yeah. but I need I need at least a half a season for that yeah. probably. Yeah. Uh so anything else about Packers Lions? Uh Jaden Reed uh, was I mean clearly the dude's talented. Some of the drops though are frustrating uh, yeah. with him, but. Again, with hopefully Christian Watson back, and yeah, it should be, you know, just young guy, but he definitely, definitely had a touchdown there on a platter, and uh, that one play against New Orleans, and that was disappointing. Well, I think he had a couple of them actually. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if like the book now on Jaden Reed is if you beat the shit out of him, he kind of he kind of doesn't like it, right? It seemed like Elante Turner was just beating the living hell out of him and it wasn't getting called. And now some refs might call that and not allow that to happen. But it's like, if you make some contact on Jaden Reed, it seems like he isn't handling contact well just yet. That can change. I don't think that's who he is for as a player. Uh, and I, I've liked what I've seen from Reed. I mean, the fact that Love went back to him for that 30-yard pass was something Aaron Rodgers just didn't do. Like, if we just want to be straight up, like Aaron Rodgers would advise Jaden Reed out. Let's just keep it 100. That's that's the yeah. truth. And sorry to say that. I know the Rodgers fanboys will not like that, but that's that's the truth. Yeah, that, that's a good point. I mean, there's there's 
a reasonable, I think we have some evidence of that where Jaden Reed right. is that he might not have been on the bench, but he definitely wouldn't get in the ball there. No, no. And so, yeah. And it was, he made the, he made a good catch and you hope that that's sort of there. And I, I do wonder, you know, with some of his struggles, do Matt, does Matt LaFleur look for like a quick hitch with like a blocker? And then you, you do that to kind of get Jaden Reed sort of reacclimated and, and just in case there's any confidence, you know, lost, but it doesn't seem like he doesn't seem like that kind of guy. Like he had a quote, I think after the game where he's like, yeah, we just kept chopping at the wood, like very football guy quote. Right. Um, but he's like, we just kept chopping. We kept chopping. We kept chopping. And then we, we were able to knock that tree down in the fourth quarter. And so that's kind of how he's feeling. I, I don't know if it's that the drops are going to stick with him. And that's also a nice thing about a Thursday night. Like, you kind of forget yeah. about that quick. I am worried. Well, I don't. I don't think it was like a, a bad performance necessarily, right. and and they weren't like obvious or really really terrible drops. Right. They were just one of those where it's like the NFL man. Like yeah, look, you if you have a uh, you could slide a piece of paper in between you, you're you're open in the NFL. So yeah, yeah, you know, I, gotta gotta come down with it. Yeah, and I I think the other things I just have is like the health of the secondary, right? You have Jair questionable, Carrington Valentin questionable. If you have to have Corey Ballantyne, who did okay against the Lave and Mike Thomas, I don't expect Corey Ballantyne to be a fucking lockdown corner, right? But you have him for an entire game against Amra St. Brown, Josh Reynolds, and Marvin Jones. Not not great. Not not really good. Um you just you're kind of gonna have to grip grip on for dear life. And hope that hope that it works out. Um, because yeah, you could have a, a very big Amra game if you don't have Jair and you don't have Valentine. Like that would that would be pretty pretty significant for the Packers. And hopefully Jair's back back is all right and gonna be gonna be back to back to full strength. Gonna be Rasul and and Valentine. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's correct. What's Valentine's first name? Corey. Okay. So Corey Carrington, Valentine and Corey right, Valentine. Right. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. And I, I mean, if look, if they're going to continue to have secondary issues, I mean, we'll see where Eric Stokes is post week four with the pup, but they might have to get a veteran corner in there. And that might be something. And Keyshawn Nixon has not been doing well in the slot corner. Uh, he's been getting absolutely roasted. I think the pass rating against Keyshawn Nixon is like one Oh three this year. So that's not good. Well, he's a running back now, apparently. So, I like that. I liked. I liked the little. He's. I. Fur's like he's really fired up to be an offensive guy. So it's like let it let it hang. I hope Al Michaels is excited about being at Lambeau. It's not going to be in the cold, so hopefully he won't be cranky. Unfortunately, yeah. my my dear Al is getting. You know, it's just that these old guys, man. They get to this point where they just it, they just they don't give a fuck, and they're just kind of they're just kind of over it. They're doing it for a paycheck. Yeah, Al's a California guy. One of the few old guys left in California, probably. <laughs> That's true. That's true. O- old guys still been hot in the streets, man. Lee Corso talking shit. Got the Washington State coach fired up. Lou Holtz. Lou Holtz. Yeah. Uh, Doe's friend of the program said, Brian Day just did a game day review as a coach's speech to finish off the Notre Dame game. Yeah. I didn't really appreciate that too much. I mean, but. Look at you. That's... I didn't know you were a Lou Holtz defender. Did he recruit no, you? I just, I just think that it's. Like you're gonna go after the fucking geriatric guy, right? And yeah, then... I love Lou Holtz. Be like, I didn't realize the reach of Pat McAfee. Like Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that where uh, that came from? Yeah, yeah. Wow. He was on Pat McAfee show because uh, 
one of Pat Maxey's guy does a Lou Holtz impression. So it was Lou Holtz interviewing Lou Holtz. Pretty good oh bet. Yeah, pretty good bet. I will say, not a huge Maxey guy, but that was that was a good bet. Uh, I two two things before we leave you. Tyrone Taylor uh, after the game to Sophia Minnick. First couple innings, I was sweating out all the toxins from the celebration last night. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. It's perfect. It's exactly well, exactly what I want. I I'm glad they won a game. I was a little nervous that they might they might just let let it slide. Yeah, but I I will say and 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 then we'll I will sign off. If you are a college kid listening to this, if you're a first shift worker listening to this, you have a chance for kind of an elite Thursday if you want it. You could go watch a meaningless Brewers-Cardinals game at 310, catch a shuttle, probably very cheap ticket, 310 start, have a few beers, go back to the bar. You're probably back there 530, 6 o'clock. Stay there for the Packer game and just ride out the rest of the night. That sounds like a dream day. If, if I wasn't working. Go buy your, your Damian Lillard jersey in the morning. Yeah, there you go. Damian Lillard it's jersey. The, the Bucks made it official now. So Oh, they made it official, so we're good. So there there yeah. is there's that as well. Also, it seems like uh Ben Thompson's gonna be on Simmons on Friday. So I did see that and I, I assume that's what he meant. So Yeah. Yeah. Uh so that's great. That's great. It's great to hear the cope that Bill uh, will try time, to talk. time to come get this smoke, Bill. <laughs> Uncle Bill, we love you, but you know. It's just it's how it goes, man. All right. Uh, do you think the Packers are winning tomorrow, by the way? Oh, man. I think I'm going to say no for the first time this year. Okay. All right. What's Short week. Hate to, hate to do it to you. That's fine. Uh, it's basically a pick isn't it? I yeah. Mean, it's, yeah, they're, so... uh, they're now a two-point favorite, the Lions are. Okay. I will go – Yeah. I'm gonna go 30-23 Detroit. So Ooh, defense over. struggles. Over. Okay. Um yeah. I will go Packers 27, Lions 24. Lions get a late score to make it a 24. So it's uh I think the Packers have a big night. I, I think Watson and Jones, I think the Jordan Love hype's gonna go through the fucking roof on Friday. Um I'll also be on with Shea Kent. He's coming on for the postgame tomorrow. So uh, last time we did that, I think the Bucks lost. So hopefully we'll break that, or I might not invite him on for both games ever again. You did a Bucks game with him? Nah, I think I did. I did one with you. I think I did. No, I didn't do one with him. We were supposed. Oh, actually, we were supposed to do. We were supposed to do the one after Game Five, but I think it went too late, and then we 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 decided not to, and we punted on it, which was probably for the better. Yeah. So I didn't do a, I didn't do a podcast like two o'clock that night. It's just a bad bad night. But that's yeah. all in the past. And as someone said, without losing the Miami, Co- Coach Boonholes are still here. Drew Holiday still here. Bud's gone, and now we have Damian Lillard. So there you go. Yeah, it's it's a new a new era, new era of Bucks basketball, new era of Packers football, and the Brewers trying to finally get to the World Series. We'll see. So it's all good, man. It's a really fun crazy, crazy day, crazy like week now. Yeah, really fun fucking fall we have on deck. More more than enough reason to be tuning in uh, all the time. So we'll be back tomorrow recapping what happened. Um, and yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk to you guys then. And we'll Mitch and I next week we'll figure out our schedule with the Brewers playoffs. We'll we'll work around that. Um, given the Brewers are a small market team, can assume they're probably playing during the day, but you never know. 
Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Yep. All right. Take care, everybody. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Peace. Peace. Go back.